With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It is time once again for the Mainland Podcast. This is episode number 345. And I'm Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of themainland.com, an independent website covering Orlando City Soccer Club. That includes OCB and the Orlando Pride and all things soccer related in the city beautiful. Joining me, having just returned from the city beautiful and is now back in Tallahassee, David Rowe. Dave, how you doing? I'm good. Tired, but good. Um, we had a, uh, my wife, Lisa and I had a lovely time, big shout out to Lee Gavlik, uh, for hosting us. It was good to see him again. And, um, also, Hey, to the, uh, those that, that came and found me uh, since I was wearing the, I love, uh, the mailbox t-shirt mailbag box t-shirt. And, um, those who came and said, hi, really appreciate it. It was nice to meet you all. Yeah, that was very cool. When you said that the ball boy came by and told you that he loved the mailbag box, I thought that was great. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> unexpected to say the least. Yeah. So you came down and you got to see a pretty good start for Orlando City as the uh, the Lions took on New York City FC, their 2015 expansion brethren mm-hmm. uh, from the really awful baseball diamond up north. Uh, they came down and played in a nice stadium and, uh, for at least the first 20, 30 minutes, uh, Orlando city was very good in this game and, and quickly got off to a, a great start, a, a seventh minute goal, second fastest goal of the season for the lions as 
just a tremendous passing buildup uh, goes, it goes forward. It goes backward. It goes back to Roman Janssen. Janssen with a, just a glorious long ball out to the left, headed down by Gaston Gonzalez. And Gonzalez headed it to Facundo Torres, who sent him back up the line a little bit. And he got in a first-time cross. Cara got there first. And we got a 1-0 lead for the Lions on a play that Gaston Gonzalez said after the game. They've been working hard on that play all season long, and especially this past week. And that's amazing to me when you have a game as fluid as soccer, and you work on a play like that, and it just works flawlessly in a game. Yeah, and look, Caro is getting a bit of hate uh, from the uh, Orlando fans and has been as of late, which I I don't understand. Um, I I get it. He's a DP. You want him scoring more, but he's got a goal in each of the last two games. He's got uh, three on the season, but he's only played in seven out of the 12 matches uh, due to injury and stuff. So it's not like, you know, he's been there the entire time. And then you figure he's coming in back off of injury. He's got to work back into it. I, I don't get it, especially if he continues uh, to score goals going forward, which he looks in good form to me. So I think that that might be that might be the case. Yeah, I, I don't get any of the dislike for Kara. It's uh, he's a target striker and target strikers need to have the ball given to them when they need it. Not whenever mm-hmm. you want to give it to them, but when they've made the run or when they've set up the defense that's when the ball's got to be delivered. And he's got a lot of young teammates and some of them are new pieces. And so it's going to take some time to come together, but he's still ahead of his pace last year in terms of shots, shots on target and goals. So, yeah, you know, you, you look at his numbers and I did a, a very extensive breakdown of, of his shooting percentage, a percentage of shots that go in percentage of shots on target, all of that stuff. Um, goals per 90, and his numbers stacked up against, you know, all the top scorers in the league. If you broke down, you know, if you broke everything down to a granular level, because he played a lot fewer minutes than a lot of those players did. So yeah. I I don't get it either. He is a very skilled player at putting the ball in the net. That's what you want him to do. That's what he's paid to do. He's, he's their DP striker. So you need to find ways to get him the ball. And, I think it's fair to say that this is a little bit of an of a of a an awkward team when it comes to moving the ball around. They don't always they don't always make the right decision. They don't always have the precision that you you want. They don't always have the decision making in the final third that you want. Uh, I think Facundo Torres is off to a slow start, although he's got assists in his last two games, so maybe he's starting to round into form. And I don't think we've seen the Martino Heda yet this year. We've seen glimpses of it, but I don't think we've seen the Martino Heda that Luis Muzi was just chomping at the bit to get to Orlando. I don't think we've seen that yet. So once we see that, or if it, it, may, it may never happen, but if it does happen, then good things are still to come. And I think you want somebody up top that can put the ball in the net. The, the good thing is that Duncan McGuire has also put the ball in the net. Yep. And uh, the other guy they got, well, uh, not so much. I uh, hasn't really seen the uh, seen any time. So, yeah, hard to score if you're not in the in the match. Yeah. Ramiro Enrique has been I mean, he's been struggling. That's why he's not seen as many minutes. He's not. He's been kind of invisible when he's been out there. And mm-hmm. 
Uh, but yeah, this this was a it was a one nil lead. It looked like Orlando would go and score second at some point here in the next few minutes over the course of that, and and they looked like they were the more likely team to score. Then about a half an hour into the game, it just felt like the energy just left all of the Orlando players. There, they it, I don't know if they if the travel and the heat and the humidity and everything caught up to them, but they seemed to just slow down and sag back. And let and let New York City have the ball, and even though New York City had the ball, they weren't really doing anything dangerous with it. They were just kind of passing it around the perimeter, probing, looking for an opening. But the, the back line was playing well. The, the central midfielders were playing well, and they weren't really able to create a whole lot of danger from that. But as the game went on and the defense tired a little more, they did start to look a little bit more dangerous as they went on, and and. Um, you know, there were opportunities there to, to extend the lead, even in the second half, there were some chances and, um, you just didn't, couldn't, couldn't beat Luis Barraza again. There were some good opportunities. Uh, Antonio Carlos had the ball at his feet, took a stab at the net, really good save there. There was another really good save that he made. Uh, Angulo, you know, got one of his, uh, one of his shots on target, um, then he also missed the net once and he also failed to even bother taking a shot once. So, Angulo continues to be Ivan Angulo. He he's never <laughs> he's never been a big scorer, and I think we've seen why in uh, over the last uh, you know season plus or, or partial season that he's been here that he doesn't always make the right decision. He always doesn't always get his shots on target. Um, he made two, I think, really poor decisions in this game, and I thought he had a good game overall. But one, he got down the right. He's a right-footed guy, so. Instead of shooting, he tries to cut back to his left onto his weaker foot between two guys, and he lost the ball, didn't even get a shot. He had an opportunity to get a shot, and he passed it up, and no shot came. And I'm not a mathematician, but to me, more shots equals more opportunities to score goals. I'm pretty sure that math checks out. It's not surprising from Mangulo. He he likes to take on defenders. Uh, I think he might like that even more than scoring goals because he does it a lot more often. Um, sometimes successful, sometimes not. Once again, that's what you're getting with him. The other big mistake is he cut all the way across the top of the box later in the game to get a shot, to clear himself for a shot. It's the kind of thing that, we've seen Facundo Torres do, but Facundo Torres is left footed. Yes. And for some reason, Angulo decided to try it and his weaker footed shot didn't come anywhere near the goal. So once he cut across the top, the play there is to find someone who's in a good shooting position. Uh, I also thought that Gaston Gonzalez had the first 20 minutes of the game are the best 20 minutes we've seen of Gaston Gonzalez since he's been here. Agreed. Uh, he's, he showed some sparks here and there throughout the rest of the game, but it wasn't quite up to the level that the first 20 minutes were. And I, if we get that first 20 minute Gaston uh, for full games, yes, please. Yes. More of that would be good um, because it's just like you say, he hasn't, th that's the first real, you know, sustained bit of time that we've had with him. You know, there's been glimpses before that, but an actual, you know, 20, 30 minutes of a good Gaston, that's uh, that's something we haven't seen, and I agree. More, please. All right. Well, you know, we've seen this a lot of times from the Cardiac Cats. Sometimes the Cardiac Cats delight you, and sometimes they disappoint you. Uh, when yeah. they hang around, you never count them out.
But when they let the other team hang around, you never count the other team out. Unfortunately. And New York City did manage to put the right combination of passes together at the end in the very last minute of normal time and scored a goal in the 89th minute. And 1-1 is your final. And it was it was too bad because it, there was a, a late free kick. And I, I even said in the press box, they're not going to test show them again here this year, are they? <laughs> and, uh, and they did not test show them. Although the ball did fall to Cesar Araujo on that last play. And he just took a minute to dig it out of his feet and got his shot blocked. Yeah. Yeah. It was unfortunate. So one, one totally unsatisfying, but at least it's two games in a row with a point. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's good, but it's also four games in a row without a win, which is not good. Also true. So I guess the thing here to do is to say, all right, well, you played them toe to toe. Um, they're still tied on points with New York City. New York City's played one more game and lost it. So they have a game in hand. And if they win it or draw it, they would move ahead of New York City. So there's that. Which is nice. Yeah. Um, man of the match, Dave, who you got? Uh, I, I'm going to go, uh, with Pedro Glaze. He, um, had some important, uh, saves to keep that point. Um, and I, he wasn't really, you know, it wasn't his fault on the goal that was scored against him. So I, I thought he had a, uh, I thought he had a good match. And so I also, you know, I got to see him up close, you know, on some of those. So I had a really good view of it. So Pedro gets my man of the match. Yeah, we haven't didn't really talk about him in the recap, but Pedro Glace was fantastic. He made some really good saves in this game. He uh, he had a, a, a save on per, uh, Pereira, Gabriel Pereira, from distance. That was a great save that he you know made a diving layout save. He had a couple other really sensational saves, and he was rewarded uh, because he was on the MLS team of the match day as the starter in goal. So uh, congrats to El Pulpo. Indeed. So unanimous man of the match. In fact, even MLS agrees. There we go. And he's your man of the match. My man of the match and uh, not the club's man of the match. They named Erchankara man of the match, which is probably justice for a couple games ago um, when Kara should have won it and they gave it to Torres. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Against the galaxy. That was, that was pretty shocking that, uh, and and Kara was apparently not happy uh, to not get that. I don't know what what those guys get. Like they used to get guitars. Did they? I don't know. I think yeah. They used to get guitars or something, but I don't know what they get now. But um, yeah, it was it was uh, he was not happy about not getting it that night. And I thought he he you want that you want a guy to to want to win all the awards. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They won the they won the game, so that's the important part. But now. Hey, have a little love. Well, he got a little love this time, evidently. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, I also talked to uh, the communications guys after the game, and they thanked me for asking Kara after the road game recently, um, uh, the road game in Columbus. Uh, they thanked me for asking him about his little footwork to uh, to take that pass from Torres that was kind of in his feet. And, mm-hmm. and that just that little flick that was out, in, uh, he put the ball out in front of him in stride rather than, you know, so it, there's so many ways that could have gone wrong. There are so many guys that would have taken a heavy touch and knocked it to the goalkeeper or lost control of it. And I just, you know, I asked him about it because it 
to me, that was an, as impressive as the shot, certainly, or the pass from, from Torres to, to split the defenders. And he apparently was very happy that I asked him about that. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned him getting some, some hate from the, uh, from the crowd, no see Twitter. So uh, a little bit of love from uh, you in the mainland is not a bad thing. I mean, I, I, I like guys that can put the ball in the net. He definitely can put the ball in the net and, you know, the, the team very tellingly did not shop him around in the off season. They went out and got more playmakers that tells mm-hmm. you what they think of him. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I, I think he, we didn't even mention it, but I mean, it, not only is he scoring goals lately, but his runs have been good and you know, he's, he's, he's coming back and playing on defense. He's making good runs. He's getting himself in the areas that he needs to do. He's doing his job. And when the service comes in, he's then scoring a goal. That's what he is paid to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if I think if some people would go and watch him uh, off of the ball, so stop all watching, go watch cars, see what he's doing off of the ball, and you maybe you can you can see what I'm seeing and what you're seeing, and you know maybe that'll help some people's opinions. Maybe I don't know uh, people people don't like to admit they're wrong. <laughs> well, I don't. They don't need to admit it. Just go watch and then you can yeah. change your mind. I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I beat that drum last year. It's like I sit up in the press box and I watch the play unfold. I watch what he's doing and I watch guys not give him the ball when he's, he's worked defenders apart to where he can now split them. He makes the run. He doesn't get the ball. And, um, you know, it's, it's tough to, it doesn't matter. You got Hani Mukhtar, you got uh, Denny Bawanga. It doesn't matter if you don't send that pass. That's not going to be a goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's if you're just, watching on TV, you don't get to see all that extra movement because the camera is focused on where the ball is. If, so if it's, if Robin Janssen has the ball or Antonio Carlos, you're not seeing what he's doing at the other end. No, you're not. And, and, but you can still, so as the ball makes the way up, up the field, you can take your eyes off the ball and move it to the left or right, depending on which direction they're going and, and try and find him. And you'll, you'll, You'll get to see some of the things he's doing. I know you can because I can see it. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm not in the press box. And I will say this uh, on on uh, Wednesday night, Angulo made three of those runs, and they he got ignored all three times. And I was like, Ikara yeah. had 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 drawn defenders with him, opened up space. Angulo had tons. I mean, there's an amazing patch of ground to run into. He made the run, put his hand up. And oh, let me just pass it to Kyle Smith over here. Yeah. Pass it back to me, Kyle. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean when there's, there was no energy, there was no killer instinct. And I wanted to see more of that. I want to see guys that are, are willing to go out and just, all right, we're going to make sure you don't come back because here's our second mm-hmm. goal and here's our third. And oh, by the way, in stoppage time, here's our fourth goal. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where we have not seen that. That's that's not necessarily the personality of Oscar Pereja, who's a little more conservative, but it would be nice. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) We can ask. That's all we can do. All right. We want to give uh, congratulations to Mikey Halliday. He had a bit of an inconsistent game. He had some good plays and some not not quite as good plays on Wednesday night, but he has been called up to the United States U-20 team for the U-20 World Cup. He is an injury replacement, so he is on the squad, and uh, that's good for Mikey. It is not so good for Orlando City because now Orlando City will not have Mikey. They're right back. They can still play Kyle Smith, 
But let me remind you, Kyle Smith picked up a yellow card on Wednesday night. He now has four. So if he gets another one, uh, he will have to sit out a game. And if he if he can play in five consecutive games without getting another one, he will get one taken away. That would be better. Um, yeah, Mikey, you're right. Congratulations uh, to Mikey on getting the call up. Good for him. Bad for Orlando City because, um, well, I don't know. I think we might end up seeing that three-man back line because of that. Um, without him there, you know, the options are not as good. And I, I'm i expecting this Saturday a three-man back line and and the use of some wing backs. Um, who those will be, you know, anybody's guess right now. But, probably be Gonzalez and Angulo, how, how it's been yeah. the last couple of times. Because they... Each time out, yes, it hasn't looked great all the time, especially the first time that they did it. But each time out, it has looked a little better than the last time. They are gaining chemistry as they get more games doing this. And that's it's just the way it is. If you change shape, you don't get to win right away. Richmond didn't just go to, to total football and win the next match. No, it took a took a little bit, and then they started winning matches. Yeah. So hopefully this will be uh, one of those times when sports imitates art. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, it's it would be nice to see if they could get this figured out because it's it's good to have those three center backs on the field at the same time. They're they they just have to build the chemistry to know where they're going because there's there's a lot of difference between your responsibility when you have this half versus this third mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So and when you're you're dealing with somebody outside you uh who's a you know a fourth, then you're you're cutting that into fourths. And a third is obviously more ground to cover. So, and then you also have to get that chemistry with guys who aren't necessarily natural fullbacks, Gaston Gonzalez and Ivan Angulo. Right. Exactly. But I, like I say, I still expect that. And I expected it as a consequence of uh, Mikey getting the call up. I, yeah, I kind of think they would have gone that way anyway, because when they rotate, they've been doing that, but, and especially on the road. But uh, certainly with Mikey getting the call up, um, that seems very likely. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else we need to touch on with Orlando City, Dave? No, I think uh, I think we've said it all. All right. I think we got it. All right. We have, uh, of course, our mailbag box that, that you love very much. We got that left to, to go. We've, we've, of course, got our key matchups and predictions for Inter-Miami. Uh, that's the Saturday night uh, showdown, the Tropic Thunder matchup. And uh, we've got to get to all of that. But we have a guest first, Dave. I love when we have a guest. All right. Well, let's get to our guest and then we'll get to all those other topics. We'll start with that right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
All right, joining us on the Mainland Podcast, we're very happy to have with us the founder and host of the Heron Outlet. They cover Inter-Miami CF. Ian Hestis with us. Ian, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, guys. Excited for this week. Yes. I, I don't know if this has made it down to you, but at, everybody was throwing out their own ideas for what this rivalry should be called. And I hated all of them. Um, they were all very generic, the Florida Derby and uh, th- this and that and the other. And I said, you know what? I'm calling it Tropic Thunder. And if it catches on, great. And if it doesn't, I'm still calling it Tropic Thunder. So I don't know if you've heard that term, but I have that's it. what I'm calling it. I have it, but we, I, we're not naming it after like the Turnpike or uh, what, let's see. If, is it the Ronald Reagan Turnpike? Is that what yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there were a lot of Turnpike suggestions. And, uh, and then I've heard be- Sunshine Classico, too. That, that yeah. was the other one that I've heard. Yeah, they uh, the people like to throw in the the Spanish terminology just to uh, to make it sound better. Uh, but um, you know, I just didn't like it. it was, everything was generic. It's like let's have a cool, different name, and um, so that's what I came up with. And and it hasn't exactly caught on, but I like it, so I use it. <laughs> I, you say it enough times, and it will eventually. I like it. All right, so we haven't gotten a chance to see your team much this year, but you've gotten some new faces. Why don't we just start with, give us an overview of the off-season changes that Inter-Miami underwent. Yeah, I mean, it might even be in-season changes more than that because there's been so much. Um, You know, Gregory and John Mota, the two guys that really anchor the midfield, are out for pretty much the rest of the year. Um, One with a list, Frank, one with an LCL injury. Um, So we're not expecting to see them back a lot. Because of that, they went down to Ecuador and signed a a central midfielder named Dixon Arroyo, who probably is is fitting that Gregory role that you guys would have known from last year um, as that holding defensive midfielder for them. They also traded Bryce Duke, which was a very exciting prospect for uh, for Miami in their future plans. Uh, they traded him and Ariel Lasseter to Montreal, brought in a defenseman, a left center back, Kamal Miller, who started all three games for Canada at the past World Cup. So those are the big, I guess, in-season moves. You obviously heard about the big one um, in the offseason with the acquisition of Joseph Martinez starting up front, um, who at times has actually come off the bench and been a little bit more of a super sub. Uh, at, at least lately with his three goals that he's had recently, um, th- those have been sort of a, a, in a different role for him. So I would expect him to start this weekend, but, you know, he came on at halftime against Nashville. I could see something like that happen similarly this weekend. Well, you know, speaking about that, I mean, obviously you guys had your midweek match against Nashville. Uh, we had ours against New York City FC. Um how much, how much uh, rotation are you expecting? Because you guys also have another match on Tuesday uh, for the Open Cup that uh, against Nashville again. And yeah. Orlando City does not have that. So, you know, what are you expecting as far as rotation in this match? Yeah, it's funny. I was actually training today and uh, the assistant coach, Jason Christ, and I were talking about it. He said that he thinks that they just have to throw out the full the full lineup that they expect, the the 11 that will be the best, that are the healthiest. Um, and that's just the, the hand that they're dealt. There isn't really a lot of options uh, for them to do a rotational squad right now between injuries and between the U20 World Cup. Uh, they have a couple of guys that three players in is particularly that are they're down there, uh, especially uh, David Ruiz, who's really come on lately as a center midfielder for them, who's with the Honduran U20 squad. Um, he's not available for any of this. So they don't really have many options of how they can rotate this squad. Uh, they'll get back probably center back Sergey Kristov, 
Uh, but but there's a lot of center backs. So they'll throw three center backs probably um, just because they need bodies on the field. If you throw the two up top with Joseph and Campana, it's really just making it for you that this has to be a three, five, two. All right. Well, we obviously know Kamal Miller. He started his career here in Orlando. Um, how has he been fitting in with this team? Is he, uh, you know, the, he's, he's a really terrific center back in a three man back line. We have found here at least that he wasn't a good center back in a four man back line. Uh, how has he sort of assimilated into the Herons? Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. I, I think that that's part of the reason that they moved to the three at the back in the past two games. Um, he's looked a lot more comfortable in that left center back role um, alongside Ryan Saylor and Chris McVeigh recently. Uh, we'll see what happens when Kristoff comes back because he's a little bit more comfortable in a four-man back. Uh, but but Kamal Miller has has fit in perfectly. If you remember back when the pandemic was going on at the at the beginning of 2020, um, that Montreal was training here in in South Florida at the same facility as Inter Miami, and so they were playing against each other every day all the time for the better part of an entire year. So he really got to know for whatever turnover there is, he really got to know the facility. He knew, got to know the ins and outs of the staff here um, and really got comfortable with it. So I, I think that it was a match that was perfectly made. I expect them to, to announce a contract extension with him in the coming months. Um, and he's really fit in very well to start. Now you mentioned uh, Joseph Martinez earlier, Orlando fans are, well acquainted with him um <laughs> forgive my laughing yes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah they we know him all too well um so i'm not actually going to ask about him so who else uh should we be looking at for you guys on the offense uh you know where where are the goals going to come from other than him yeah leo campana scored that amazing goal in the in the home leg for, for the home leg for inter miami uh, last year, and and I would expect him to start up front. He's really starting to get into form after suffering a hamstring injury to start the year. He missed the first handful of games in this year, and it took him a little bit to get going. He's a little bit more of your stereotypical number nine who likes to hold up play, good in the box, like likes to be a strong physical presence. They also have a really really promising youngster named Benjamin Kremeshki, uh, who you might hear in in the making the rounds of U.S. Men's National Team youth. Players, he he's a very exciting youngster, um, getting a lot of uh, a lot of attention, a lot of excitement on where his future will lie. He maybe even wind up overseas sooner rather than later. Also has dual national with Argentina if he so chooses. Uh, he's a great player, great creative player, uh, a, a bit raw to to be honest, but um, he is really fits this exciting new uh, sort of like ten. Uh, hybrid role that you see in modern football a lot, uh, and he's definitely a star of the future that they're going to have offensively. So, what of the Miami? Obviously, started the season very well, and then they went through a bit of a slump. What have they been doing poorly this year? In other words, if you're coaching against them, what are you having your team try to exploit with Inter Miami? I would let them have as much of the ball as they want. Uh, my, Miami has been really poor in games where they have dominated possession this year um they they want to dominate possession they just aren't very good at it right now and they're they're much better like absorbing the pressure and counter attack not just like a standardized counter team but but understanding that they want to beat you off the ball and then quickly move they're not very technically going to do 20 pass you know possessions that are that are going to break you down we've really yet to see 
maybe one or two goals this year that, that look like your traditional possession-based goal. They've gotten a couple off of corners. They've gotten a lot off of corner or off of um off of counter plays and wing plays. But in terms of just really having a possession-based offense to break down a defense, I haven't seen a lot to love about them so far this year. And and the problems with injury and with departures in the central midfield only exacerbate that. Uh, you, you just mentioned injury. Um, who Who is not going to be available that you would have really liked to had there? Yeah, well, the, the two central midfielders, you obviously lose your captain in Gregory and and right. his his co-captain in, in for lack of a better term in John Mota they, that's just the reality that they're not going to be available um for the for the upcoming future Rodolfo Pizarro their designated player often maligned designated player it's been a rough go uh, of having Rodolfo Pizarro here uh in South Florida he he probably won't go uh for this game he's still dealing with a, a bit of a knock um, so I wouldn't expect him, but again, with dealing with this midfield issue, they don't have a lot of bodies. They're probably going to have to start Victor Uoa, uh, um, which, you know, is, is just, you know, in 2023, with all due respect, not really someone that you want playing 60, 70, he got subbed off at halftime against Nashville, um, might have to do something similar just to, to make do with this. And again, their center back, their strong Ukrainian center back that they got, uh, Sergei Kristov is coming off of injury. The hope is that he's available against Orlando, but if not, definitely for Nashville next week. All right, before we let you get out of here, Ian, I got a couple of last uh, questions for you. First one, and I don't want you, I don't want to get you in trouble with anybody, but I, I'm curious: is Phil Neville a good coach? Wow, um, that's it. I mean, when you put it that way, th- th- there's there's many ways to to you know peel an onion. I, I think that Phil Neville is a good coach. I think that uh, he has gotten. Um, a lot of flack for, I don't really know how I'll say, the appearance of nepotism that I don't think exists. His son is a quality right back. He might even, he started against Nashville. Um, I thought that he played fine. Um, He's not DeAndre Yedlin. So if we're comparing him to DeAndre Yedlin, like, what are we doing here? Um, I think that Phil has a tendency to uh, rely too much on pre-match preparation. He doesn't necessarily be able to switch things on the fly very well, especially late into second halves. Um, And that's been a a crux of of a lot of the issues. But I I do think that he's a great preparatory coach. His teams are ready and he's a very good locker room coach. His teams are, are, his locker rooms are good. There's not a lot of drama, even like supposedly drama filled guys like Joseph Martinez come in and they fit the culture very well. Um, that locker room, they they love each other. It's a very positive place to play. You hear that from player after player after player. And whether that transfers onto the field, we can argue all day. Uh, but but he does ha- he has created a very positive culture, uh, in, admired in in a little bit of mediocrity when it comes to the results. Ian, where do you see this game being won and lost on uh, Saturday night? What what area of the field do you think this is the battle that whoever wins this battle is going to win this game? Yeah, Facundo Torres for me is is the wild card for for Orlando. Um, I, I don't really. Too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, if you're gonna get good Facundo, then Miami's in trouble. If you're gonna get the other Facundo, I don't I don't know. And and so you know they they went out against Nashville and and Victor Yoa tried his best to man mark for the first half. Haney Mukhtar, it obviously went how you would expect that to go, um, and it wasn't very good. I would think that they'd try and do something similar against Torres. 
Um, and and maybe that looks a little bit better. But I think it really, if, if Facundo Torres is running the offense like he can, like I've seen him do uh, before, then I think that Orlando has the talent to to run with this team, especially a, a battered Miami team that, that is really searching for the right mix of players. Uh, but if he is a non-factor and you have completely given up the central part of the midfield, which right now for Miami is their massive weakness, gaping holes right there. If they don't have to worry about that, it's going to be a pretty easy night for them for Miami. All right, gun to your head. Uh, what's your score prediction for Saturday? Yeah, I'd say I'm, I'm hesitant, but I, I want to say 2-1 Miami. Um, if, if they get a lead early, they're very good at holding on. It's almost like the, the mirror reverse of last year where they were pushing out all these 80th minute, 90th minute goals that you've seen. They've been a lot better in those five wins that they've had this year of getting an early lead and holding on. Um, if they're able to score first, especially in the first half, if they're able to get get a lead heading into the locker room, I think Orlando will find a hard time of getting that eight late equalizer. And like you guys just saw the other day with New York City, Orlando's not immune to giving up those late goals too. So I, I think that you know it was ni- it felt like ninety five degrees during training today. Uh, you you all know it. You know it's a little bit cooler for you guys, I guess. But but it's gonna be hot. Um, it, it's going to be, you know, brutal. And so I, I think if Miami can manage that, head into the locker room with a lead, they'll be able to hold on for a narrow win. Well, having lived in both South Florida and here, I can tell you that even if it's a couple degrees cooler here, the air does not move here. <laughs> so at least you got that little breeze coming in off the shore. Uh, Ian, where can people find you and your work online? Yeah, we're at the Heron Outlet. You can find us on all social media. We have a Substack as well that you can subscribe to. It's theheronoutlet.substack.com. All right. Ian Hest is the founder and host of the Heron Outlet. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, catching us up with what's been going on down in South Florida. Thank you, guys. Good luck, but not too much luck on Saturday. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back, Dave, and uh, we want to, of course, thank once again Ian Hest for being with us. Uh, it was uh, I was uh, what yesterday years old when I found out about the Heron Outlet, and uh, and uh, it was great to have him on. It was a uh, very high quality guest, um, and of course, you know we haven't you know spoken to him before, so it's always nice when when they bring their A game, and he certainly did. Yeah. All right, before we get to our mailbag box, Dave, I do want to remind everybody that uh, we've got this thing called Buy Me a Coffee. Mm-hmm. Buymeacoffee.com slash the mainland. If you go there, 
There are three levels of membership support you can give us, and there are some really cool perks with them that are spelled out. There are also some really cool perks that we have not yet spelled out and and that are still to come. We are working on bringing our message board. Our message board will have a little bit of a, a VIP area for uh, for those those members uh we're also going to do some watch parties and stuff i was uh very close to committing to one this week but it didn't quite work out and we're going to try to have one soon a watch party for uh either the pride or ocb uh there'll be some videos and some you know write-ups on our buy me a coffee that are not going to be on the regular website it's where we're going to put stuff that we hear like rumors that we Maybe we have a pretty good idea that they're accurate, but we don't necessarily have a source on record. There's going to be all kinds of stuff that we can put there that I think will bring value to our readers and listeners. So uh, go to buymeacoffee.com slash the mainland and uh, see what level is right for you. Yeah, it's worth it. I promise we're, we're, we're doing the things to make it, make it good for you guys. Yeah, we're working on also doing some post-game reaction uh, videos and stuff like that. So anything we can think of, if we get a, if we get something from the club to give away, it's going to be given to our members. It's going to be a drawing right. for our members. It's not going to be uh, open to everybody. So, you know, a little, little something for helping us out. We do appreciate it. It's, uh, it was great to move to our own independent website, but we do actually have expenses that recur. And, um, and also, I would like to pay Dave. <laughs> Dave would like to get paid. <laughs> uh, I would also like to pay me. <laughs> yes. You getting paid would also be good. <laughs> uh, all right, Dave, let's get to our mailbag box. Shall we? I love the mailbag box. Right. And I know that there's other people that do now as yeah. well. Yeah. Dagger Dan loves the mailbag box. We know that. Yes. He has admitted it publicly. He has. All right. There's a couple of ways you can ask us literally anything. Here on the Mainland Anything. Podcast, Dave. And uh, one of those ways is to hit us up on our email, which is themainland at gmail.com. Uh, just throw ask the mainland or whatever, something in the in the subject line so we know what it is. And, uh, and then I'll put a little star on it. I'll star it in our Gmail, and then I can find it very easily. So uh, that's one way. You can also hit us up on Twitter. We are at the mainland. That's our Twitter account. Use the hashtag AskTMLPC. And uh, although it's a different show, I would like to absolutely thank a bunch of folks who, since this week's Scoperp Soccer podcast, have sent in Scoperp Soccer Ask Us Anything mailbag box questions. Nice. Going to yeah. look forward to that. Yeah. All right. So uh, also you could go to the mainland.com and go to the mainland podcast page and there's a form on there you can fill out to ask us anything as well. So there's a, a few ways you can do it. And if you can figure out how to get us an owl or a raven or something uh, with your question, we will answer it on the air. Absolutely. And we will start Dave in the Gmail. I don't know if we even have any in the Twitter for this episode, but I know we do have something in the Gmail and that comes to us from. Landon Schneider, who I think is maybe a new uh, question asker. I'm not, I don't, I don't I, recognize the name. I don't either. So welcome Landon. We appreciate it. What, what, what does Landon have to say? And, and I will say if Landon has asked us a question before, it's just my poor memory. It's, yeah, that could be it's not on yeah, Landon. Yeah. That's on me. No, not at all. All right. So Landon asks, hello, in your opinion, who is Orlando city's bigger rival Atlanta United or enter Miami? Ooh, um, I'm 
going to say enter Miami. And the reason I'm going to is the, and we spoke about this, you know, several years ago, the Atlanta one was very, very, very manufactured uh, as MLS tends to do on some things. And I'm not saying that, you know, things have happened. It's an, it's a real rivalry, mm-hmm. but in the beginning it was very manufactured. Um, Miami is a more natural rival being an in-state rival, um, you know, more of uh, you know, with Tropic Thunder, you know, having a Derby and plus, I mean, they now have Martinez and, you know, wherever he goes, that makes it a rivalry. And Kamal uh, Miller, who has, and Kamal Miller. who has really enjoyed playing Orlando since leaving here. Although, you know, I don't think Orlando wanted to lose him. They just, they, you can't protect everyone. Yeah. So it's unfortunate, but because of those reasons for me, it's inner Miami. Yeah, I agree that it's Inter-Miami because of the in-state thing. Um, Atlanta also had, what, three years of just absolute domination, one-sided. Uh, uh, yeah. It was easy to hate them because they were jerks and their fans were jerks to us. And they play on plastic. They play in an awful stadium that they seem to think is awesome, um, yeah. but it's not. It, no. It's it's Megatron's butthole, and it's... Uh, that it's that's a field that is absolutely uh stolen a lot of games from some of their players. Yeah. Uh, yeah and it's stole some games from some of our players, notably Jao Matinho, who missed a, a quite a bit of time with an injury that he sustained there from a non-contact uh you know injury. So um Miami's been a little bit more back and forth uh to start this, a lot of animosity, a lot of um chippiness and so, uh, you know, and you're going to have that within state. So I think inner Miami is the bigger rival. And, yeah. uh, so I agree with that opinion. And, um, Landon also asks who is Orlando city's biggest MLS rival outside of Atlanta or Miami. Ooh, um, I, I'm going to have to go with, uh, with, uh, the pigeons with NYCFC just because, you know, they came in at the same time. There's been a lot of classic, matches between the two um and you know we started the season against them a couple times uh so i I, and i i think i've said it before i i understand that they're we consider them a bigger rival than maybe they consider us because they've got their own stuff up there in the northeast but i i would i would say them in the past columbus would have had a uh uh you know a sniffing chance at at being one but I, i don't Think, I think that's kind of gone by the wayside. Nashville, maybe, but um, once again, uh, because of the history for me, it's NYCFC. Yeah, it's that's that's as good an answer as any. Uh, yeah, Columbus started out to be there'd be a lot of uh, or there was a lot of animosity between those two teams early on. Uh, once Kai Kamara left the crew, uh, it kind of calmed down a bit. But uh, for the first couple of years, it was uh, there was a lot of hatred between those teams. Um, mm-hmm. And there was, uh, there were, you know, red cards and all kinds of stuff, crazy stuff happened in those games. Um, you could say Nashville, Nashville's been a pain and a thorn in the side. Montreal has been a thorn in the side. And those two teams have, have played each other in some big games. And, um, but New York city, I come back to them because not only is it the other 2015 team and the, the sort of the chosen children, the children that didn't have to go out and have a uh, a soccer stadium ready to go downtown soccer stadium specifically for soccer. Um, they got, you know, they got to have that New York sort of uh, preferential treatment, uh, mm-hmm. certainly from Don Garber. Um, and 
you know, people here didn't like that that much. And, and like you said, they may not hate us as much as we hate them. Um, you know, there was a, a period of time where Orlando had the upper hand and then New York had the upper hand for a while. And now it's kind of evened out and it's a very even series. If you look back in the, uh, the season series or the all-time series between the two teams, a lot of animosity, a lot of hate. Uh, there've been some big games between those two that have gone to shootouts. Uh, luckily the right team won both of those. Correct. Uh, but yeah, I would say New York probably edges the likes of Columbus, Nashville, Montreal. Montreal's probably behind all of those other ones, probably. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. So uh, thank you, Landon, for the questions. He also uh, thanked us for our hard work. Yeah. Well, you're very welcome, and those were excellent questions. So, yes. uh, Is there anything in the Twitters? I have just double checked and there is nothing in the Twitters right now. So that means that we'll get a bunch of in the Twitters next week. <laughs> yeah, could be. All right. Well, thanks uh, to Landon for sending in some questions. If you want to get your questions in for our recording session on Monday, uh, you can do that in a couple of ways. I already explained them, but I'll do it again because I'm just that kind of guy. You can email us at the mainland at gmail.com or you can hit us up on Twitter at the mainland using the hashtag AskTMLPC. And we would very much appreciate that. We'd also appreciate it if you would do some of the little things that cost nothing to help us out. We can uh, we can tell that algorithm that people love us and that they should promote us more. Just very simply, subscribe, rate, review, download the show, listen to the show. Uh, if you give us a five-star rating uh, wherever you get this podcast, we really would appreciate that. If you do it on Apple Podcasts and write a review, We'll read it on a show. We like doing that. We do. We're not going to do it today because no one did it this week, but oh, bummer. that's okay. That's okay. You know, yeah, people know. are busy. I understand it's, it's been a busy May, lots of games. Not, it has not much time to catch your breath. So uh, now we're coming up to some more normal game weeks. You might have a little bit of time and we might have a couple of minutes to go to Apple podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. If I was an Apple guy, I would, although yeah. that might be self-serving. Yeah. But you know what? You can do it on any platform because it all helps. That's true. All right. Well, Dave, we got one order of business remaining. Yeah, we do. We've got to talk about inter Miami. Okay, let's do it. You, know, you should talk to your children about Inter Miami. <laughs> it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your Inter Miami is? Uh, it's. I hate these guys. I hate their colors. I hate yeah. them. I hate the name. I hate the, I hate the players they sign. I hate their name. I hate the fact that they don't even play in the city where they are supposedly from. Yep. Uh, I hate the fact that they gave David Beckham 7,000 years to find a stadium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's annoying. There's a lot of reasons to not like them. Uh, and then, of course, they go out and they sign players that uh, we actively dislike, like Joseph Martinez. Not a fan. Yeah, not a no, fan. Definitely not. Um, so, Inter Miami, obviously, um, a team that Orlando knows well, team that knows Orlando well. I do believe that that those central midfielders not being there, those starters. That's a big plus for an Orlando side that could use that space, could use uh, you maybe have a, a little bit extra freedom. Uh, Facundo Torres, we talked about him. He has, he's 
he's off to a bit of a sluggish start, uh, but he seems to be coming on now. Really need Martino Heda to settle in. One thing we didn't mention, Mauricio Pereira came back this week uh, and played yep. a half an hour on Wednesday night. In fact, in 31 minutes on the pitch, he provided three key passes, which the entire rest of the team provided for the entire game. So uh, you've got Maori back. And uh, also Felipe was back on the bench as well. So he will be available for selection and uh, we may see him at some point on Saturday as well. So lots going on, but the bottom line is um, their strikers are very, very good. And uh, as Ian told us, they may be not, they may be a team that aren't very comfortable with the ball. So that kind of plays into Orlando playing three at the back because when they play three at the back, They've been fine giving up the ball. Mm-hmm. I don't mean just yeah. because they were sloppy with it, although they were a few <laughs> times, but they're they're okay with playing a more defensive posture and looking for opportunities to break. And I think with the players you have, if you get guys like Angulo who can run or Torres who can run, you get those guys out in space, Ojeda, um, you might be able to provide them with enough room where they're not going to get a shot blocked, or at least that they can follow up if there is a, a save. Uh, that's been a problem. Orlando hasn't gotten to rebounds. Orlando hasn't gotten second chance goals. They haven't done very well on set pieces. So where's the where are the goals coming from? They have to come from transition opportunities. So the the few times that they've had build up goals have been incredibly beautiful build up goals. They show what this team's capable of, but they haven't been able to sustain it. And, um, you know, in a game like this where tired legs are going to be a factor, heat and humidity is going to be a factor. You don't want to mess around. You just like, okay, just keep it away from our goal, kick it down there and then make Mm -hmm. them have to come through us. That's kind of what I think that their approach should be. Plenty of Robin Janssen long balls. He can do that. Just get it out of the area into one of those. Like you said, get, let him drop one of those pinpoint long ball passes to you know, Angulo or Gonzalez running up the sideline and and then make some magic happen. All right. What's your key matchup, Dave, and your score prediction? Okay. So um, while I agree that the, uh, you know, the midfield is going to be very important, especially with them missing some guys, I, my biggest worry is still uh, their strikers is still, you know, Martinez because he, he he's hurt us so many times. And so the, the D mids, the back line, uh, being strong and keeping him out of goal, uh, limiting his chances. I think that's, that's going to be, that's, that's what the important thing is for me. Um, that being said, I'm going to go with a one, one draw on the road because that's what they've been doing lately is getting draws. Um, and this, unfortunately, or fortunately, might be a better one because I think maybe uh, Orlando gets the the second goal rather than the opposition, but um, that's where that's where I'm going with is a one one draw. All right, I agree with your key matchup. I think that that is for sure, and it's not just Joseph; it's Campana. He's also yeah. been very de- uh, very dangerous. You can keep those guys off the score sheet. Um, you got a chance. Um, that is definitely the key matchup. I think a, a secondary matchup I would like to watch is something that has been a problem all season long. And that is that, yeah, you got four goals from Duncan. You got three goals from Erchon. You got a couple of goals from Faku and a couple of goals from Ojeda. Where are all the other guys getting, where are the goals coming from? They're, you know, 
good teams have goal scorers throughout their 11. They get goals from the fullbacks. They get goals from the center backs on set pieces. They get goals from the defensive midfielders running. Orlando has not had any of that yet. It's got to happen at some point. One would hope so, but you know, we're, like you say, we're still waiting to see it. Yeah. So whether it's on a set piece, uh, whether it is on, you know, just normal run of play, I, whatever it is, other people have to get involved in the scoring because if they don't, you're looking at a 500 team and that's yeah. where they are because they're not yeah. getting that. Um, but that I would like to see some of that. I'd like to see some signs that some of these other guys can chip in. And I think that probably the most likely person to, to chip in is either going to be a guy like Antonio Carlos, who has scored goals on set pieces against Miami before, mm-hmm. or a guy like Gaston Gonzalez, who is starting to round into form a little bit. Um, I don't know if any of those other guys are ready. I don't think Cesar is ever going to be a big scorer. Cartagena is never going to be a big scorer. I think them, those guys should be able to chip in one to two goals a year. Um, but you know, they're not, they're not going to be Alex ring coming up from defensive midfield to score goals like he did yeah. against, uh, Orlando, but, uh, my key, my, well, I got, you got my key matchup. So my score prediction is here. And I say heavy legs, heavy weather, heavy humidity, heavy heat, nil, nil draw. Okay. Well, there you have it. It'll uh, be a, it'll be ugly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it usually is, but I, I think you're right. It's definitely going to be an ugly match. Yeah. I don't think it'll be a thing of beauty just for the fact that these guys are the weather they're going to be playing in is not conducive to beautiful soccer on a full week's rest. And these guys have both been playing every three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like the, uh, do like my, I do like Orlando's depth better than Miami's, but um, that only comes into play if you actually get to use it and and aren't forced. Your hand isn't forced to use it. That's true. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, Orlando City will get a full week of rest after this match. So um, whereas Inter Miami will have to play on Tuesday, I believe. So a mm-hmm. uh, little bit, a little bit better there for for the Lions, at least as far as trying to manage minutes. Yeah, I don't know what the what the Miami approach will be to the Open Cup, whether they're just going to rotate and let the chips fall where they may, or if they actually value it. Um, we know that they value it here, and uh, that's the thing. By losing to Charlotte, they have saved themselves a midweek game this week. Yep. So and I still maintain, if you can't win the whole thing, just get out early. Yeah, so a little bit of a silver lining there for the uh, the Open Cup loss. Yeah. Uh, of course, the bad thing is uh, that if you're out, you, you don't get that chance to keep going. <laughs> yeah, that's also true. <laughs> kind of how it works. That's yep. That's you are correct, sir. All right. Uh, reminder that as this drops on Friday, the 19th of May, OCB will be in action tonight. So watch the Young Lions, and uh, hopefully they'll bounce back. They did not have a good outing in Columbus. Uh, some would say they had a bad outing in Columbus. Uh, anybody who watched it would say they had a bad outing. Uh, they are playing Atlanta United 2, which is a home game, and it's a grudge match, a little bit of a revenge game, hopefully, for OCB, because they also mm-hmm. did not play well in Atlanta on another fake plastic field. 
And uh, hopefully they will get to be as rude hosts to Atlanta United 2 as Atlanta United 2 was to the Young Lions when they went up there. So uh, we'll be checking that out, of course. And, of course, we will be checking out Orlando City at Inter-Miami from, uh, I believe it's called, I believe it's pronounced Derv Punk Stadium. <laughs> uh, that sounds right. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's, isn't that like a, a DJ of some sort? <laughs> no, that's Daft Punk. Never Daft mind. Daft Punk? It's more like Derp. It's like a derpy Daft Punk. <laughs> it's a really bad stadium name. Derv, Derv Punk. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like any. Of I don't it. like anything about them. <laughs> Sorry, no. but See? that's the way it's supposed to be with a rivalry. Exactly. So if if there was anything we did like, then then I think we would be the ones that were in the wrong. But we don't yeah. like any of it. That makes us right, and we wouldn't admit to it. Oh heck, no, no, I wouldn't. But be we don't have to. We don't because we dislike. We're haters. I think you get. I think you could say. Yeah. Haters, okay. And the thing about haters, Dave, is they're going to hate. They are going to hate. Haters going to hate. All right. That's it. We're getting goofy. Uh, We'll be done. We'll be done now. Okay. (laughs) Thanks again to Ian Hest from the Heron Outlet. Uh, Go check out their stuff if you want to learn more about the opponents. And uh, they they do a good job down there. So uh, thanks to Ian for coming on and uh, being so personable. Really, really grinds my gears that it was nice. (laughs) (laughs) All uh, right, so there's one thing, but he's not associated with the club officially, so he's not he's not, a, he's not a, an employee. Uh, thanks uh, for him showing up and uh, telling us a little bit about the Herons in the 2023 model of that team. And you know, we would love it if you'd go to our website. It's an independent website that you guys helped us start, and we are so damn appreciative of that. Go there to themainland.com and read our stuff. Of course. Subscribe to this podcast, download it, rate it, review it, share it with your friends, play it in your car on your second date. For sure. Whatever you got to do. Follow Dave on Twitter at Mainland Dave. Follow me at Mainland Michael and follow the Mainland at the Mainland. If you want to follow our sister show, same hosts, same banter, same long winded uh, (laughs) shows, uh, go to at Scoperp Soccer on Twitter and follow that as well. And uh, like us on Facebook and all the things. So we will be back after the weekend with a brand Mm -hmm. new show that will do it for episode 345. The only thing left to say is go city.